Hi, this is Bill. And this is Anastas. And we are the Uncommonwealth Podcast. We have with us a lovely person. Piece of shit. He's here. It's me, Mario Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got Mario Lopez on the show, but I, we had a shot. I pulled some, a couple strings. I yeah. know some people. What's up? AC Slater in the house. He is the 20, champion of... 25K per episode. <laughs> fucker. Jesus Christ. Bleeding yeah. us dry, man. Look at that chiseled jaw. Yeah. yeah. We have Perfect Thomas. Key. Thomas is in the house. Thomas Peterson. Thomas Peterson. I'm, I'm here again. Peterson. What, what'd you say? Thomas Peterson. Oh, I thought you were like, I don't know. I, I heard like Thigh Master. Holy I have shit. one. It does Thigh Master Peterson. We call him Thomas the Thigh Master. <laughs> but no woman has ever called him that. <laughs> we're, we're here to do uh, part two of Joseph Priestley's life and experiences. Yeah. And we originally were going to do a two parter, but. Uh, it's, it's not gonna happen. I, he's just so, he's done. He did so much. He's he's, so he's he's uh he's the Big Mac Daddy of carbonation. When he's you go God. to McDonald's, you can actually order the Joseph Priestley, and they'll give you a secret giant Big Mac. That's what you get for meth, right? You ask for meth at the right place. You just ask for the Joseph Priestley. Um, so Tom <laughs> just stared me down. So my love, my lovely wife, she's amazing. She she, she puts came up, up with so much of our puts up so much of our bullshit. But she came up with uh with with the uh, with a really clutch move on a box of Munchkins, uh, Dunkin' Donuts Munchkins, and Tom stared me down while while inserting a it was a it was a it was a, uh, the glazed one right mm-hmm. it was right down his gullet and just looked me in the eyes and just I don't know it made me feel something. Prior like, to that, finally. If you've ever seen The Witch, it's like when when the uh, the, the little boy just stares at the rabbit and then the rabbit's like clearly the demonic witch person, and yeah. Like Benicu- seen, like Do you guys not watch good movies? I love horror movies. He doesn't. We didn't grow up watching them. Have you seen The Witch? No, I've been planning on it's it. It's good, though. I know. I didn't give anything away. Don't worry. It's definitely demonic. The devil is the rabbit. Movie's over. So, <laughs> you're telling me it's Panicula. Yeah. You, you know Try, what I'm, I'm, about, I'm right? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm eating a, a chocolate munchkin. Janet, you're killing my diet. It's going to go straight to my thighs. Choo-choo. Bye, Master Tom. <laughs> So before we started, Anastas was down um, talking to Janet, and Tom and I noticed that he has a wrist rest for, uh, for my, his, my desk, yep. and it happens to look phallus-shaped. No, it doesn't. Dude, it totally has a head like a dick. It looks like a cock. No, it's too... So it's does this. Too, Everything's a dick. Call Simon and Freud. All right, continue your story. Go ahead. So Tom, Tom was like playing around with it, and I was like, hey, you know what you should do? You should put that in your pants. That was your idea? Yeah, I was like, you should unzip your pants and put it in like it's your dick. And he was like, you're right, that'd be hilarious. You follower. You follower. So I, I come up I come upstairs and, I, and I, I'm just talking and Bill's laying down like, no, no, there's something going on. Like, he's got a face on. I always and, have and, a face and on. And Tom's like trying to hug me and I was like. I'm not a no pair of I was like, you know what? Because we came up and I asked him, do you guys want pizza? Because like it's getting close. It's going to be lunchtime when we're done. And it's Saturday, like fuck it, you know. And I don't know. I thought Tom was hugging me because he was so excited about about pizza. And I looked down, and he's got this big, big flopping, just plastic, just, just black, like phallic thing. And I was like, what the fuck? Looks like and then, and then immediately, up. immediately, I was like, that's my wrist thing. What are you doing? It's basically a so Brazzers movie. Basically, <laughs> hey Call guys, me Johnny Sin. You got? Do you guys want a pizza? Oh god. <laughs> So yeah, that was pleasant. Um, I mean, that, that's the, that's important context for this. For this, I, think I uh, burst a blood vessel in my head. I laughed so hard. It's like it touched me, and I was like, "What the fuck? It's weird." 
Bill um, also shit his pants up. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I farted real bad, and Tom walked out of the room before it happened. Then I did it, and then he walked back in. He goes, goes, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> oh, ASMR time. Oh. <laughs> this is a bag of this is a, a box of munchkins. Anyway, um, so yeah, so the the part one of Joseph Priest's uh, Priest's life um, dealt with his early upbringing and a lot of his um, his his early kind of struggles with with finding his place in the in the field of academia. He was basically Hercules in the movie Hercules by Disney. And he was just trying to go to the distance. He didn't know where he belonged. He didn't know where he belonged. <laughs> He'd go most anywhere. He'd go most anywhere. He'd, like he'd Pennsylvania. He'd, he'd, <laughs> <laughs> what a bad move. <laughs> what an exotic foreign land. I want to move to Florida. Ponce de Leon tried. No, like if seriously, like the oh, climate no. of the climate of England, he did move like from cold and rainy all the time to cold, cold and rainy, rainy all the time for <laughs> yeah. for half the year. So yeah, yeah. So he made a move up in the world. I guess. Yeah, moving uh, on up. <laughs> Um, They're not gonna stop Joe Priestley. He's gonna and, kick some ass. And we'll, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about that, I guess, in the next episode about about yeah. his movement. But uh, there, there, he made a, he made a really interesting choice about where he went. But <laughs> sneak preview, sneak preview. Uh, but let's let's talk about his his time at Leeds. Yeah. Um, do you want do you want to hit off on that? Yeah, I'll start her off. I'll rev her up. I'll get the engine going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is this is a part of his life where he gained a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1767, he took his family from Warrington to Leeds, and he became Mill Hill Chapel's minister. There's a couple reasons why he might have made this move. Uh, Mary had ill health. His wife could have been due to financial problems. Put the black lung, mama. Mama. People die from that. Honestly, it's not funny. Mm-hmm. You're a real piece of shit for making fun of people who die. These munchies are really good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it could have been because of financial problems because they weren't exactly solvent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was in the ministry. Or he could have also been returning to his childhood community. It, it was near where he grew up. Mm. And he always kind of harbored these feelings of rejection from them. And so he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's like, I'm going to go back and show prove who the fuck myself. I am. Yeah. I'm a learned boy. Look at me now. I'm JP. Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the best jokes don't have to be clever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and speaking of dicks, he he used it to make two 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 lovely sons in Leeds, right? Two little baby so, boys. So his family grew in Leeds, so yep. he, he had even more kind of yeah tie connect to the land. There. So Joseph Jr. was born on July twenty fourth, seventeen sixty eight, and William was born on seventeen seventy one. JJ and Willie, that's me. That's you, William. Yeah, uh, but he he was um. <laughs> Tom's gonna hit. He wasn't exactly like looking to make a lot of friends in there no he wasn't involved in social life like at all um except he was a member of the leeds library committee so he had a library card good for him yeah we all need fucking library cards all this stuff you think you're special because you don't have one you think because you have the internet you get all i wanted the one in the world i want i i just have i'm literally too lazy to go to the library it's right there oh i don't have my library card on my keys fuck because <laughs> <laughs> um, i don't live in some area anymore yeah can't uh. be a card-carrying member of degenstein anymore you never lived in Sunbury. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Telling falsehoods out here on the podcast today. It's canon. It's canon. I'm Bill. It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Wait, we both laugh like like uh, Charlie Murphy and Charlie Murphy. Oh shit. <laughs> One of his few friends 
at the time was the rector at Catterick, Yorkshire, who was Theophilus Lindsay, which fucking what a name, dude. Theophilus. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that dude fucked. Ah, uh, oh, man, he boned like fucking Theo, crazy. right? Theo? Theo, yeah. Theophilus? Theophilus Theodickman? Yep. Oh, goodness. Um, so anyway, he... But, um, yeah. Priestley wrote of him, uh, I never chose to publish anything of moment relating to theology without consulting him. Aw. So like, he's definitely one of his best friends. Right. So... Priestley had extended family around Leeds, but he didn't associate with them at all. Yeah, because they uh, thought he was a fucking like lunatic. Yeah, they were like, this fucking heretic. He did travel to London on a yearly basis to consult with Joseph Johnson, uh, who was a close friend and publisher, and they attended and he also attended meetings of the Royal right, Society right. when he was there. Probably because he had to to maintain. He probably yeah, yeah, had to keep membership and be a member in good standing. It's like going to an Elks meeting. It's gotta put in your time, pay the dues. Mm. Drink drink their brandy. I'm sure they had brandy. At the Oaks? No, at the at the at the. Uh, they only have antlers. At the, at the Royal Society. Who's? Anyway, um, do you have a thought on that? Tom? I've <laughs> got nothing. He's Tom's just like, like, <laughs> staring, trying to think of something. Tom's like, what? What's happened? How did I get here? <laughs> this is not my beautiful. <laughs> damn, house. damn it! Where am I? <laughs> oh man, I love the talking heads. <laughs> All right. Was that um, a burp? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> That's a reflux. Anyway, oh, oh I'm Christ. sorry. You poor, poor I didn't boy. take my Zantac today. <laughs> <laughs> we, I have, I have Tums downstairs. He's being a liar. You have Tums, dude. I, I, I have a Joseph Priestley would be proud. I got Tums. Joseph Priestley would be proud. I have like three packets of Tums just unopened, ready to be opened. You should just eat them. I don't need them. Eat them. Okay. You should. Um. Just so Priestley would be proud. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's 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 talk. <laughs> you want an enema? <laughs> no. We can do that. I'm good. Just dissolve it and put it up there. I'm good. Yeah, um, so you got a host. let's let's talk about Mill Hill Chapel here. <laughs> um, it was known at the time as being one of the oldest and most respected dissenting congregations in England when he took over. Mm. But during the 18th century, there had been a congregational split. Uh, they split down doctrinal lines, right? And it was losing members to the Methodist movement, right? That's what we were raised as, mm. kind of. I guess, <laughs> kind of. Um, JP believed that through educating the young, he could strengthen the bonds of the congregation, which is a, a you know, yeah, that makes sense. Smart way to do it, yeah. Um, and yeah, well, Leeds, what? Yeah, brainwashing. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I not know. wrong at all. Yeah. Uh, well, in Leeds, he in 1772, Priestley began writing his three-volume work, Institutes of Natural and Revealed Religion, just like this episode, this podcast, it was a three-volume. Three yeah. Oh yeah. With the same. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Ak- Akia. Oh yeah. Uh, so this funny thing. I don't like it. I don't, I don't either. Like it either. <laughs> I don't uh, think anyone did. Going to get some letters about that. Steve Kern will be texting me, going, "Hey, don't don't ever do that again." Why'd you, you do shit. this? Why'd you do this? Hey, Steve. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> so clever, guys. So clever. He'll know what it means. You guys, go get it. It's an inside joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, we, I'm guys, sorry. We didn't mean to alienate part of our. Uh, Audience there with our, our clever you guys, inside joke. You guys been hey, workshopping that one for a little Steve, while. Steve, you want to get kicked hey. out of a bar again with me? <laughs> <Almost>. <laughs> that did happen. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Text from both of them. Oh, fucking bouncer. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Carry on, uh, please. So what? What did <laughs> this? What did this volume? What did this volume uh, entail, Bill? Uh, it outlined his theories on religious instruction, including his belief in Socianism, which is a form of Unitarianism, mm-hmm. and. The doctrines within it would become the standards for Unitarians in Britain. Like, he pretty much helped found the faith uh, as it would be institutionalized. 
Right, right. And uh, and it also kind of it's, it, when you look at his like life, it forms like a like a mark where he starts to shift his beliefs. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is where he began to form formulate his beliefs on materialism and necessitarianism. Uh, this is divine being. The belief is that a divine being acts in accordance with necessary metaphysical laws, so right. it has to obey the laws of nature, gravity and whatever. And right. Like, yeah, yeah. Gravity and so so he, he so yeah. So how does it explain walking on water? Well, he probably had a super salty. Yeah. Uh, maybe actually, <laughs> yeah. she just didn't to make it saltier. Oh, oh, <laughs> whoa! That went a whole different route. Holy fuck! Oh, Jesus dude. fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, do you have a rebuttal? <laughs> no, I don't. I agree. <laughs> I've right. seen Jesus. Jesus was brown. <laughs> Jesus was brown. I told you. I gave a speech on it. <laughs> what does it do with him fucking? Nothing. No, it's just it was, an observation. Just, yeah. I just like to say things. <laughs> Anyways, I've seen Jesus Christ Superstar. I saw the way he and Mary looked at each other. They banged all night. Oh. He and, he and Mary? Mary Magdalene. Okay. Mary the whore. Yeah. Hey, she was a nice lady. She was a prostitute. Maybe. All right, let's... let's Allegedly. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. We're so bad. Let's keep moving. Oh, yeah. He's religious. We're not. Oh, sorry. Let's keep moving. We believe in Odin. Uh, let's... Um... I'm a minister. <laughs> yes! <laughs> he got ordained. Kind of. Oh, internet. Thank, thanks, internet. <laughs> thanks, Obama. <laughs> the, the institutes argued that religious truths could only be revealed and accepted through experiences uh, with the natural world. And this outraged many readers as it challenged basic Christian orthodoxies like the divinity of Christ and the miracle of the virgin right, birth. Right, right, exactly. And Methodists and Leeds even made up like this mocking little hymn about Joseph Priestley asking God to send him to hell. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were hard Burn! It's like a diss track. Like literally burn, though. In yeah, hell. no, but it also, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's their way of doing a diss track. Ha! <laughs> Too loud. What? Sorry. Tinnitus. Ow. Bill, tinnitus. Malt. Yeah, I'll just fill my gob. All right, more, more, uh, more munchings for everyone. Anyway, <laughs> sorry for those listeners that aren't in the room. Um, we got a munchkin break, and Tom just stuck his hand in my face, trying to. I think we're trying to help me out with eating. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how pleasant this, this part is for people listening because it's just us chewing. <laughs> it's just me losing it. Um, so, in the first episode, we talked about how Priestley wanted to return Christianity to its pure or primitive form. Mm-hmm. And this is something he returned to here. <clears throat> and he wanted to eliminate the corruptions that he accumulated over centuries. So, he's thought that or like the Orthodox churches, not maybe not or, the established churches that were already right. in power. The other way of the other definition of Orthodox, but yeah, 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 uh, had gotten corrupt over the years because they were just full of trappings. And he, he wrote about it too, right? Yeah, he did a four his, in the fourth part of Institutes and and history, which you know this is how he knew his grammar because he said and history, right. history. And history of the corruptions of Christianity, and it was super long. So he actually had to publish it separately in 1782. Um, but he believed it was his most important work ever. Like mm-hmm. that includes discovering oxygen and other shit we're going to talk about. Um, so he demanded that readers apply the logic of science and comparative history to the Bible and Christianity, 
which alienated both religious and scientific readers uh, because neither one like seeing their yeah, things apply to the other. I was talking about the, the science bit, why they would be alienated, but I guess that makes sense because you're basically using the scientific method and that, that whole concept um, to prove something they, in their minds, have disproven. Right. Right? Yeah, exactly. So they were like, what the fuck, man? He just got hated by everybody. He had mad beef. He had a lot of haters. Um, yeah, they let, he let them be his motivators. Mm. Uh, but he... <laughs> Tom's just shaking his head at me. You know, you can, you can talk, too. Do you, do you want to, do you have any thoughts on a on a on a JPP? Jason, yeah, you know Jason, me, Jason Pierre Paul. Jason Pierre Paul. No? I've got some thoughts on uh, on Bill. He's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming to my Tom Talk <laughs> Podca- ah! podcast within a podcast. Tom Talk. Um, but he he basically yeah. like he was he had a lot of opposition so he kind of fought back though right oh he fought back for sure he engaged in numerous uh, religious pamphlet wars and twitter fingers dude that's pretty much exactly what it is yeah and he was known to be exceedingly kind and reasonable with his opponents even when they were like resorted to maliciousness he's kind. just a generally like nice dude yeah I he's think. just like a generally like pictures like paintings of him he just looks nice yeah he does yeah um, you know what else looks nice ted bundy Oh. You got a point. You got me there. I yeah. Guess. yeah. So let, let's make let's make that connection. They're the same piece of shit, huh? You coming at my hero? <laughs> Ted Bundy's your hero? Fucking kill. <laughs> how, how could he not be? Look at that handsome mug. If you stab a man in the dead of winter, steam will rise from the wound. Native Americans believed this was the spirit leaving the body. What the fuck's that from? Wayne's World. That's <laughs> <laughs> With Al Bundy, who wasn't. That's not the act. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Uh, it's amazing. I'm, I'm really. Maybe you should leave. I'm tickled that uh, that do we. Oh God, you're doing this now too. All right, bye. <laughs> oh, okay, not out the window. I was just gonna hide. Okay. Uh, um. Well, speak, speaking of those. So, yeah. Of that of his. Going back to how kind he was. Niceness. He didn't really change his opinions when other people would argue with him, though. Like he didn't. He was just like. Uh, most, most people don't. I'm right. Or just yeah. Uh, yeah, they usually double down. <laughs> And while in Leeds, he wrote pamphlets on the Lord's Supper and Calvinist doctrine, which were considered highly controversial, but were also widely read. Hmm. So it's not like he didn't have an audience, probably because they were controversial, partly. And in 1768, he founded the Theological Repository. And this was a journal that was committed to rational inquiry into theological questions. Um, He vowed to print any contribution, but only like-minded authors submitted articles. So he just provided most of the articles himself. Hmm. Um... And after a few years, he ceased publication due to lack of funds. And he tried again in 84, uh, but it pretty much the same result. Got no guap. Yep, no guap. no guap. I love guap. (laughs) Gotta go for some guap. Getting some some, some nice avocado. 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 That was weird. I broke the matrix. (laughs) This is is all a lie. So while he was at Leeds... He created, uh, he you know, he focused on theology and also the science, but he also put a lot of thought into politics as well. He looked at, uh, he wrote many political treaties, treatises. Did I say that? Treatises. 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 And uh, no, treatises. treatises. It doesn't matter. Not sure. A treaty, but a lot of them. Of course, No. He also repealed the, uh, or he supported the repeal of the Tests and uh, Corporation Acts. Which were uh, acts that restricted access to political office and uh, on the armed forces as well. Uh, right. they, they were basically 
only let Church of England and uh, members join. And um, also that people that weren't part of Church of England couldn't attend Oxford or Cambridge as well, too. And he was a big proponent against that as yeah, well. Yeah, it's pretty so, ass. Yeah, it is pretty ass. And he, he tried to have a more inclusive uh, political like uh, environment in yeah. his home in his home country, and that's it, understandable. So he wrote in sixteen, I'm sorry, in seventeen sixty eight. He wrote the essay on the first principles of government, which was um, it was an early work on on modern liberal uh, political theory. Mm-hmm. And it was unusual because it distinguished between political rights and civil rights, and he argued for the expansion of civil rights because this this is, the, this is the country where they had the Magna Carta and they don't have a uh, any kind of Right thing beyond that in terms of the rights of of man, uh, and if you look in co- in context of a little later in the French Revolution where they they there's the 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 what I forget the rights of man I don't know the the to- the full title of that but it's uh, he he's much more aligned with that way of thinking versus oh, the, yeah, the sure. con- more conservative uh, context of England, but he uh, but he identified separate private and public spheres and he argued that governments should really only have control over the public sphere and that if whatever you want to do on your own you kind of just deal you know do, do, do whatever the fuck you want to do yeah and he basically sounds like a pure-blooded american right now like yeah yeah he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't belong in, in england <laughs> so but he argued that education and religion uh and particularly matters of of uh, of private conscience that they should not be administered by the state and that should be something that private entities do or, uh, or dive into. Uh, <clears throat> so he, in 1769, he wrote the remarks on Dr. Blackstone's commentaries, which was, uh, he, he basically refuted William Blackstone's uh, commentaries on the laws of England, uh, and that was a standard legal guide uh, for England at the time. Yeah. And basically he, he wrote, um, basically the, the Blackstone piece uh, stated that dissent from the Church of England was a crime, and that dissenters, which uh, good old JP is part of, it's a big he, one. that they uh, that they could not be loyal subjects, and he was pissed off because he, yeah, he, he viewed himself as a loyal a subject. subject. Like, I'm talking shit, man. I'm gonna fire back. Talk mean, shit, get hit. You bitch. call me not an not an Anglican, or not, they, he wasn't Anglican. He wasn't. Call me a non Englander. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a subject of the crown. Should get you hit on the streets. Yeah, I want to be subject to the crown, King George. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. You, you you lying, you 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 dissing me. Bro. Oh, there's still one left. Oh, eat. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! You succeeded where I failed. Okay. <laughs> so Bill fed me. <laughs> oh, oh but <laughs> look of shock. <laughs> so, crucially. Whew. Yeah. Uh, he corrected Blackstone's interpretation of law, but also grammar and history, which I thought was hilarious. Because like so, grammar was super politicized at the time, though. Really? Yeah. Highly, so. highly political. Um, because if you couldn't write correctly, you were not considered. It, it, it invalidated your your logic. Exactly. That's I stupid. think that still stands today with many people. It does. I, I agree with you. Facebook is the devil. Language <laughs> language and grammar are highly political topics, I think. And especially because English is an, a, an evolving language and not static to one region of the world or even the country. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that's... It very much is still, you know... Bob will yell at me for when I'll throw out idioms or colloquialisms and I'll just be like, it, it doesn't fucking matter. I'll be like, it don't matter. Like, that's the one she hates. Don't matter none. 
No matter now. Ain't no problem, baby. Oh, baby, what is you doing? <laughs> oh, baby child, what is you doing? It matters Fucking not. I speak in memes. I know you do. Jesus. <laughs> you like I like now? half memes. We only see like the top or the bottom half. <laughs> <laughs> what? Have what you not it? seen those? No. They're brilliant. I'm really intrigued now. You get the picture and only one grouping of words. <laughs> Have you heard of these? No. <laughs> this, you just made this shit up. No, no, no. I've seen them. <laughs> I saw one. <laughs> Max told me about it. Uh, Max Gal. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. So anyway, um, you know, Blackstone was uh, was was chastised by by JP by JP's uh, by his writing. And he basically altered uh, further communication, uh, further publications of commentaries yeah. to rephrase the passages because he he basically didn't want to offend too many people. Yeah, and, uh, and he he removed the section on uh, on the centers were were loyal were uh, weren't loyal subjects. So I guess in a way, um, JP won. Although I mean, he recanted a little bit, but not fully. Yeah, because because he he still maintained that that the descent of the crown uh, of the of the church was. Um, was still a crime, right. but he but he didn't go as far as saying that they weren't loyal subjects. So I guess he kind of he got a half one. Joseph Priest got a compromise. One. Yeah, half two. He got yeah, he I got a half, half one. So Priestley claimed that uh, that natural philosophy um, was only a hobby, uh, but he was clearly a very serious oh, he was scientist. Incredibly serious scientist. Uh, in in the previously mentioned history of electricity, he wrote that scientists promoted. Uh, security and happiness of mankind, and so he viewed he viewed what he was doing as a very important part yeah. of, of humanity, and he believed in practical rather than theoretical science, and he got a lot of that through Ben Franklin's uh, studies and yeah, and he, he used him as a model. But yeah, he definitely modeled his his own scientific pursuit off of Franklin's uh, prior novel. publications and yeah. yeah. Um, so while while he was in Leeds, he conducted electrical and chemical experiments. Uh, with the aid of good old CO2 from a, from a brewery, from a local brewery. So he just yep. used what he had available. And these experiments led to his invention of carbonated or soda beverages. Yep. Good old Schweppes. Specifically water. So yeah, wa- wa- car- uh, sparkling yeah. water, carbonated water. Yeah. Um, which is what they called soda water, I guess. Yeah. Soda water, right? It's tonic. soda water. Yeah, tonic. Tonic, yeah. Um, well, tonic had quinine in it, but yeah. Shut up! And gin. Do you know? Do you know about the whole uh, about the whole why gin and tonics were invented? No, uh, uh, maybe they were used. It was medicine for uh, great. No, it was medicine for malaria in India. Oh yeah, I did, uh, I did not know that. That's, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Sapphire. Yeah, because mm-hmm. basically the, the the queenine was too gross for them to ingest directly. So uh, they mix yeah, it with, yeah. with the water in water. India is still gross. Seriously, they have really dirty water. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. They, I'm sure parts of it my, do. My, yeah. my roommate's girlfriend lived in India. For a while, and they had to get like water delivered. Yeah, I mean a lot of parts. I mean, not in parts of Albania. You know, too, Philadelphia yeah. has some of the worst water in the country. Does it? Yeah. Is it worse I than Flint? <laughs> it's like on par with fuck. No, it's not. No, it's not. You but fucking it's, asshole. But it's bad. Yeah. I, 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 that doesn't surprise me though. I have a brew. Uh, but back to <laughs> you, fancy ass. <laughs> so between between 1767 and 1770. He presented five different papers to the Royal Society regarding electrical discharges. Uh, the only discharge you no, wrote about. Fuck you. No, oh, I was wa- I was waiting for you to, to, to do something else about discharge. I didn't think you'd stop right there. Well, he fucked his wife. They had three kids. They had three kids. JJ and Willie and Sarah. I thought you were going some sort of STI thing with them. Like a, like a milky discharge. 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want that. You don't, you don't want that. that. Don't want none of that. Do you need to talk? You okay? <laughs> no, I'm just saying Priestley's got the discharge. You got to get to the hospital? Right. Penicillin feels great going in. Not for me. I'm allergic. It really hurts. I'm allergic too. What? You allergic to penicillin? Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Oh, fuck you guys. And sulfa drugs. What is it? And sulfa drugs. What is, I don't know what that is. It's another drug that we could save my life. Oh, that's a shame. Um, yes. But any, anyway, it's uh, great. so so basically, subsequent experience experiments that he he conducted focused on chemistry and pneumatics. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, the Royal Society definitely was was important in 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 context of him being able to do all this. Oh yeah, like without their support, he wouldn't have been able to do shit. Mm. So in 1772. Priestley published his uh, first volume of uh, his projected history of experimental philosophy, and it was called The History and Present State of Discoveries Relating to Vision, Light, and Colors, also known as optics. Yeah. And he paid more attention to the history of optics and early optical exper- experiments, but due to his deficiencies in, in like high-level mathematics, he dismissed several uh, important contemporary theories, and um, he also didn't include... Uh, practical sections like it did in the history of electricity so it was less useful and because of that it wasn't as popular as other works it didn't sell very well Mm-mm. there's only one edition too it was probably uh it's like it being was... a younger brother didn't sell very well <laughs> uh it, it was it was the only english book on the topic for, for like the last 150 years uh up, up to that up to that point up to that but point, yeah. up to that point but it it didn't sell very well and I mean, the cost of doing the research and writing it and publishing it, it, it just convinced him to just abandon it, you know, going into the history of experimental philosophy. Yeah, so he, he was like, that's kind of it. Cut, cut his losses there. Heard that. Cut your losses. Did you hear that? <laughs> I heard that. Did you hear that? <clears throat> um, Fucking rubes. <laughs> so he he was considered uh, for a position of, uh, of astronomer, actually, on James Cook's second voyage to the South Seas. But he actually wasn't chosen, and but he did provide uh, the crew with a method for making soda water, uh, which he thought was a cure for scurvy. It's not, uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't a cure. But he he basically tried to help his yeah, uh, his, he his tries buds to help out, his fellow but people. didn't uh, didn't work. Oranges, oranges and lemons, lemons and limes. limes. Got to get oranges that too, right? acid up in there. Yep. Got to yep. put that orange in your blue moon. Vitamin vitamin C. Don't drink water. Yep. You gonna finish it? What? I mean, you always say, don't drink water. Fish fucking it. <laughs> I had to think about it. <laughs> Interesting. It's been a while um, since I said that. So, he published the uh, pamphlet, uh, Directions for Impregnating Water with Fixed Air. I love that. Love yeah, that. That's right. Yeah. He called it that, Fixed Air. That was yeah, in 17, 1772. This was, all, this was on the topic of, of carbonation. So, other people made soda water as well after he had done it, but unlike J.J. Schwepp and those others who made fortunes from its production, he didn't actually gain from it financially. Um, but he is known as the father of the soft drink, and Schweppes, the company, has called him the father of our industry. God damn it, I wish I brought the Schweppes with me up here. I I'm drank glad you all. didn't, because it's bad. I wish you bad had people. made us root beer floats. Yeah, why don't you make us fucking root beer floats like we were at the Priestley House, you piece of garbage. Jackass. They make They make root beer floats at the yeah, Priestley House? Root- of course they did. It's great. Why that specifically, though? I don't know. Why wouldn't they just have like a like a... Like a soda stream or something to make you carbonated water. Don't worry about it. Do you fucking question the logic of history? Camping, root Anastas. beer floats. Only goddamn root beer float. Um, so bring me a root beer float, Anastas. It was the only time I ever had one was when I was a kid at camp. Give me root beer floats yeah. or give me death. <laughs> oh, Thomas Paine, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yep. Yep. Root beer floats, exactly. Right, <laughs> Thomas Peterson. Hey, 
I like it. So, uh, on his gravestone. So, Priestley, <laughs> he got death. So, Priestley's friends were concerned, um, regarding his financial security. Yeah. And in, uh, in 1772, uh, Ben Franklin and Richard Price, they convinced Lord Shelburne uh, to ask Jay uh, Priestley to direct his children's education and to act as a general assistant to Lord Shelburne. So that, right. you know, that was, that was a good offer. But J.P. didn't want to leave the congregation, but he did resign from Mill Hill Chapel uh, on December 20th in uh, 1772. And he gave his last sermon on uh, May 16th, 1773. Um, and also in 1773, as an aside, he was awarded the Copley Medal from from the Royal Society yeah. uh, for for his achievements in that, in uh, natural philosophy. Uh, but he, you know, he had he had to kind of kind of move on from uh, from the Leeds area though and move away from his congregation. Yeah, he had to make a move, and when he did, he moved to Calne, I believe it's pronounced C A L N E. Right. Uh, but that's where Lord Shelburne lived, and he made that move in 73, like you said. And in 74, he and Lord Shelburne actually took a tour of Europe. And this helped revitalize his views on humanity. He was getting like a little down, mm. um, thinking that, you know, maybe people aren't great. Yeah, you know, people don't really seem to be jiving with what I'm putting out there. Wow. Yep. Jiving with, yep. Tom's got that move. Tom. I jive. You know why I jive? <laughs> jive turkey. Like You're a... allowed to say that? Uh, I don't know. I was uh, going to say that sounded like the whitest thing that's ever come out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah my, I'm cringing. My nipples. My nipple's so sore. <laughs> I hurt when I twist them. <laughs> ah. But when he they returned, his duties were a librarian and tutor. And he actually had an intentionally light workload so he could pursue his scientific and theological studies. Very kind. Yeah, Shelburne, Shelburne was uh, tuned in. He was putting up, picking up what Good old JP Shelley. was putting down. Mm. JP and Shelley. Think they fucked? Um, Burning that midnight oil. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> You know, maybe it was just a light touch here. Some studies, getting in close, looking at notes together, just staring at each other, just Lips. shirtless, just wanting, <laughs> just sweat. Want, wanting what they couldn't have. Just, just him sitting, sitting out, watching him from from the doorway. Very just, obvious just erections. Chopping wood, just chopping without a shirt on, just, just, just feeling the passion burning inside of him. He's but really giving he, you a loving look, knowing what he, I, I, knowing I, what I, he can't I, have. I, 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 you just can't have the chopping wood. Oh I don't know if Priestley or Shelburne's one chopping wood, but one of them is. You just can't have it. He wants it. Also, it's forbidden. It's on my thigh. It's forbidden. <laughs> Should I? Uh, forbidden love. Leave the room. Please don't. Go hide in the corner. Avert your gaze. No, please don't. But uh, but yeah, I mean, he was obviously he was very important in Shelburne's life, and yeah. he was he was an advisor, right? Yeah, he was also his political advisor, and he would gather information on parliamentary issues, and he served as a liaison between Shelburne and the dissenter community, mm. as well as uh, various Americans. Probably because of his relationship with Ben Franklin, but also yeah. his just generally more American views on life. For sure. And he also priestly exchanged correspondence with Jefferson and Adams mm. and some and others. And that makes a lot of sense. It, on May 24, 1777, JP and Mary's third son was born, and... He was named Henry, actually, at Shelburne's behest. He requested specifically that they name the son Henry. It's totally Shelburne's son. Hank! Holy shit. What? What a what an accusation. What a I'm thing just saying, like, there. why would you name... Chakus! Why would you let someone else name the child of your... Name your child? I'm, well, they already had three. I'm Might as well. Gonna name your... <laughs> can we... Should we make it out of what? You're not gonna you're not gonna name my child. Yeah. I couldn't his do name's that. Razor. No. El Tigre. After me. Razor El Tigre. Yeah. I'm expecting a child, everyone. I'm pregnant. It's true. 
my wife. He's betting. He's beginning the show. Yep. Yeah, that, that's what that's what's called cheeseburgers and, <laughs> and, and Dunkin' Donuts. I was gonna bring you a bag of Burger King full of trash and just throw it out. Oh no! <laughs> I would have been so mad. I love so Burger King. Funny, no. Dude. Holy shit! As this every listener of this podcast knows, <laughs> that would make me very sad. Oh god. Uh, oh my god, that would have been funny. Fuck, we fucked up. Yeah. Oh god. I might have a bag in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but, but yeah. well in Lord Shelburne's employee, uh, Priestley wrote a series of metaphysical texts between 1774 and 1780 in which he argued for a philosophy that incorporates four concepts, and these were determinism, materialism, causation, and necessi- necessitarianism. Uh, by studying the natural world, people would learn how to become more compassionate, happy, and prosperous. And he argued that there is no mind-body duality, and this argument is basically that the mind and body are not distinct from one another. Which They're a lot the of same right, and that everything in the universe is made of matter that we can perceive. Uh, he argued that discussing the soul is impossible because it is, because it is a divine substance, and humanity not, cannot perceive the divine. This angered a lot of people who believe that duality was necessary for the soul to exist. Mm. So he's starting to push people away with some of these theories. So this answers my question from last time about what kind of metaphysical they were talking yeah. about. Yeah. So yeah. this is like Emerson metaphysical. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, we're intellectual boyos here, aren't we? I took an English class in high school. This is Ross would be so proud. Uh-huh. Um, he argued with various philosophers, and he maintained that materialism and determinism could coexist with a belief in God, and criticized those who used fit books and doctrine to form their faith. Um, he argued humans had no free will, and that philo- philosophical necessity, like absolute, this is like absolute determinism, mm-hmm. is compatible with Christianity, which he came to determine through his understanding of the natural world. Joseph Priestley believed in a beloved God that created natural laws, so people in the world could not be evil. Um, it's actually, an, what we perceive as evil is an imperfect understanding of the world. Yeah, which is an interesting, interesting take. Yeah, it's just oh, I didn't, I didn't, I don't see it the way you do. Yeah, <laughs> and it, from my opinion, the Sith are evil. Well, or yeah, the, the, yeah. the Jedi Order is evil. Or it, it is kind of a contrarian viewpoint. Yeah, and um, being contrarian just to be contrarian isn't really productive. I think. No, no I, I agree because it's you're not. It goes against his way of thinking of like pushing through. A progress, like just right. progress, and that kind of goes against that. Yeah. Also, I cannot believe that line was written into Star Wars. <laughs> That's my from opinion. my opinion. The Jedi are evil. I mean, How? And then you are truly lost. God damn it! All right. I mean, the Jedi Order did. I, you know, that's a whole another podcast. That's a whole other podcast. I could go on for hours. <laughs> um. Well, Priestley's work was considered audacious and original. It was. It was fully informed by 17th century philosophical theories that came before. Mm. Uh, Tom's over here sniffing his goddamn pits. Yeah, I'm a sweaty boy. Tom, you, you want to talk about you want to talk about um, his friend Theo? Theophilus, Theophilus, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. You know, he's his, he's JP's pally pal. Yeah. Uh, he decided to found a new religion that would not restrict its members' beliefs. Yeah. Uh, on April 17th, 1774, which is his daughter's birthday. Um, yep. 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 Callback. Thomas remembers. Nice job. Lindsay held the first Unitarian. How do you say that? Unitarian. Unitarian. I always struggle with that I word. Know. Uh, Unitarian <laughs> service in Britain at the newly formed Essex Street Chapel in London. 
I punched Bill because he laughed at me. <laughs> it was right in the fucking violent joint, shoulder and <laughs> just body. Kind of dragged across. <laughs> like it was a full punch, knuckles and all. And it kind of hurt. Actually, I'm sorry. It wasn't supposed to be that. Um, sorry. I'll get him back by farting in the car. He will. Uh, Lindsay created his own liturgy of which many were critical, but Joseph Priestley defended him in the pamphlet letter to a layman on the subject of Reverend Mr. Lindsay's proposal for a reformed English church. God damn these titles. God, I love it. I do too. And I feel I feel like it gets right down to the nitty gritty. Brass um, tax, man. Brass tax. <laughs> it's like uh, a trailer that reveals too much. Yeah, a trailer. Yeah, fair enough. Um, this stated that uh, the form of worship had been changed, not its substance and substance. Substance. I can't read. Fuck. Uh, and it attacked people who only followed religion as a fashion. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. He, he, those, wait, we went full in on uh, it. Those fair weather church people. Like I us. only go to church when we win. <laughs> like your, your your Christmas and Easter service mass people. I don't even do that. Yeah, I, yeah I, we don't go to mass. Weddings and funerals. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, last, time, last time I was mass, I hadn't been up, up and down that much since I was at Knowles. Yeah, like, and there was no wine. You're like the people that only go when when they're in the playoffs, you fuckheads. Nah, dude, I've I sacrificed bet, I a goat to Odin have, when that happens. I bet you have Steph Curry jerseys. Don't you ever fucking put me with that. Don't you put that evil on me. Put that evil on me. <laughs> What's a Steph Curry? <laughs> is that a dish? <laughs> Can I, is it spicy? Uh, it's kind of a mild curry, honestly. Oh, I don't want it then. If I'm not... If you're not if you're not bringing that heat, I don't want yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> living in my bathroom the next day. So JP attended this uh, Lindsay's church regularly. He he preached there every now and again, and uh, he he supported Unitarianism. Yeah, I got it <laughs> for the rest of his life. Uh, he wrote. See the glint in Tom's eyes is terrifying. He wrote several defenses of Unitarianism and encouraged the foundation of new churches in Britain and the U.S. Hmm. Yep. There's an Unitarian church right, right around the corner here, too. Oh, here? Yeah. yeah. Here? Pretty close. Yeah, pretty so close. You were just at a wedding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the one that actually his son founded. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I went to a, I went to a, a funeral at a Unitarian church. Um, was it tiny? It was pretty small, yeah. Yeah, they're tiny churches. Yeah. yeah. Well, we pretty, struggled pretty to get, like, too. less than 50 people in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe pretty, that pretty spart- Spartan place, but um, well, uh, that's kind of part of the whole deal too. Like, it's getting rid yeah. of that, those trappings of wealth yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about some of, some of his um, some of his science years. I don't want to talk about this one. You want to talk about this one? Uh, you want to talk about this one? I do. Go for it. Go right, go right ahead. Use your words, Billy. <laughs> uh, it's a it's an audible medium. Go ahead, Bill. auditory medium. Um, these are the years when he did his he most devoted his time to science. And this was when it was most successful as well. Okay. From 1774 to 86, he wrote his six volumes of experiments and observations on different kinds of air, uh, which helped repudiate the theory of four elements, which okay. was like the earth, wind, fire. Right, right, yeah, right. Fuck you, Socrates. Yeah, fuck off, Socrates. <laughs> and also Avatar Plato, the Last Airbender. Aristotle, one of those. No, don't you say that. Avatar the Last Airbender is amazing. <laughs> So is Legend of Korra. I like that too. I'm still really enjoying the whole fuck you, Socrates. <laughs> I'm glad. It was so. Un- I was not ready for it, honestly. Uh, Priestley tried to replace it with his variation of phlogiston theory, which was a theory that stated the combustion or oxidation of a substance corresponded to the release of a material substance, which was phlogiston. 
Mm. Uh, his works were also a political treatise, treatise, and that he argued that science had the power to overthrow governments, which is pretty fucking radical. Mm. It's the subject of the Isaac Asimov. Gravity will yeah. take Oops. down the world. <laughs> or also like sci- yeah, like yeah. AI and stuff. Uh, yeah. In his first volume, yeah, he detailed several gaseous discoveries, and it depends on like who you ask how many gases he himself discovered. It's anywhere between like seven and sixteen. It's like most of the noble gases, but it's most of the noble gases he yeah. discovered, and he had different names for them. So I'm going to give the scientific name and then like his name for them: nitric oxide, nitrous air is what he called it, and anhydrous hydrochloric acid, which he called uh, vapor of spirit of salt. And he later called it acid air or marine acid air. <laughs> um, ammonia, which he called alkaline air. That good shit. Nitrous oxide, which he called diminished or deflagisticated nitrous air. Oxygen, which he called deflagisticated air. <gasps> um, experimental finding. He also had some experimental findings that showed plants revitalized in closed volumes of air. And this led to the later discovery of photosynthesis. He didn't, Not, he didn't do that. But. He didn't do it, but it, his work helped inform that later work. Mm. Um he also created early homemade a an early homemade u- udiometer, I believe it's pronounced. Udometer. Udiometer. What is it? Um, it measures changes in volume in a gas mixture following a physical or chemical change. Nice. Uh, it kind of looks like a thermometer, honestly, but it's got that that level that pressure change. Um, he used he just used kitchen equipment to do it. Nice. Um, he was known for publishing candid accounts of his experiments, like warts and all. So if stuff went wrong, like he was just like, put in there. He was like, hey, this is what went wrong. And that made it easier for people to duplicate or, or replicate his experiments. And he always made sure to describe his cheap and easy to assemble experimental apparatus so colleagues could reproduce them. So he's really not on the whole money he, side of things. He no, no. He, like, he wanted to do it for the betterment of people. Hmm. And he... Like you said, warts and all right. He, he would publish yeah. it regardless of what, what would... Gives him a little more credibility with uh, with publishing the mistakes and yeah. everything. I yeah. think so. Yeah, no, Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what you do with a, with a, well, with well, a lab report well, and everything. Exactly. Well, yeah, he was work, yeah. working on that scientific method before. When did the scientific method really come out? 1800s, I think? I think so. I don't remember so he, science. He was kind of already fucking with that before it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was in the uh, 17th century. So little, oh, okay. So never mind. That. I take that. You put it after. after, but yeah, it was in. It was in the. Uh, the he was. He yeah. was still fucking with it in a time period when maybe not everybody was going to be as upfront with their right, right mistakes. Uh, he also got inconsistent results, so he employed phlogiston phlogiston theory, and he would dismiss newly emerging chemistry, and he only focused on gases. Gases. So mm. he didn't like always get things right, basically, um, but he called gases airs. And he concluded that there were three types of air, fixed, alkaline, and acid. Um, he also isolated carbon monoxide, but he didn't realize it was a separate air. Okay, so he just thought it was part of... He just thought it was like a fixed air. Okay. Um, so I said he discovered oxygen, but it is a little murkier than that. He began experiments in 1774, but due to delays like that Tory took with Shelburne, right. uh, the exact date of discovery is unknown. In January 1775, he discovered vitriolic acid air, which was actually sulfur dioxide. Um, and then in March 1775, he wrote to others detailing his discovery of another air in August of 74. Hmm. 
One of those letters was read aloud to the Royal Society, and a paper was published in the Society's journal, Philosophical Transactions. So the way he discovered oxygen was... Here's a good stuff. I'm excited. He focused the sun rays on mercuric oxide, and then he placed mice in a sealed vacuum with only oxygen. And mm. he was surprised by how long they survived, so he tested it on himself. Oh, God. He could have died. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But he wrote, it was five or six times better than the com than common air for the purpose of respiration, inflammation, and I believe every other use, common use of atmospherical so like air. Pure oxygen. Just pure like, like, like oxygen. Have you ever been in an oxygen bar? No. There, it's interesting because it's just like... I've heard it's like the best breath you'll ever it, get. It feels really good. But um, You get high and then you die. You don't get high. <laughs> you get high but you, you just But it's just like... Tom gets high on life. My body. And his brown Jesus. My body. Still me, yes. Tom gets high on brown Jesus. It's true. Brown fucking Jesus. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. um He, so, like I said, it's a little murkier. When he published the second volume of Experiments and Observations on Air in 1776, he was declaring how important such discoveries were to rational religion, but he didn't actually detail the discovery until volume three. Gotcha. And both the French nobleman and chemist Antoine, I believe it's Lavoisier? Lavoisier. Yeah. And Swedish pharmacist Carl Wilhelm Schiele. Schiele? It'd be Wilhelm if it's Swedish. You're right. It would be Wilhelm. Carl Wilhelm. On Jeopardy. Uh, I, I believe it's Schiele. Um, and they made independent discoveries of oxygen around the same time. So all three of them were making this discovery right. independently. Mm -hmm. um, Schiele was likely the first to isolate oxygen. And Lavoisier was the first to explain oxygen without phlogiston theory. But Priestley was the first to publish... And the first to draw a connection between oxygen and blood. Take that, Swiss people. So, yeah. And French guy. Take that. Um, yeah. In 1779, Priestley and Lord Shelburne then had a falling out. And the reasons are kind of unclear. Because he wanted to fuck. It was a lover's quarrel. Probably. Obviously. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Could have been. We got to get to the bottom of this. Because um, Shelburne blamed Priestley's health. Priestley claimed Shelburne had no further use for him. Some contemporaries believed... Uh, they, they would speculate that Priestley's outspokenness had hurt Shelburne's political career. Mm. And some historians believe that Shelburne's marriage to Louisa Fitzpatrick was the reason for the falling out because she didn't like the Priestleys. Yeah, because you were boning and bonding their, bonding their back, of course. Oh my God, dude, it does sound like a, like a broken right, love affair. Right. And this, this is when he started to think about moving to America, right? But yeah. he, he just didn't end up doing that, though, right? No, he accepted an offer to be New Beatings minister in Birmingham. Right, right. Alabama. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Not Alabama. Oh, thank goodness. The other one. Oh, boy. Uh, I, think, I think that'll do it for today's episode, though, in, in terms of uh, in terms of the um, uh, in terms of this episode here. But do you have a good town name for me there, Bill? I got a good, good town name for you. I've got, uh, it's fine, Lidditz. What is it? Lidditz. Lidditz. Outside of Lancaster. I've been there. What's what's it of note? That's an interesting name, though. Um, it was founded by the Moravian Church, and apparently was named after a castle in Bohemia. These damn Moravians Ooh. keep coming up. Yeah, they do. They're everywhere, dude. Especially on this. this Moravians, Muhlenbergs, and hmm. uh, other shit. Uh, Pennsylvania. Good old, good old pa. <laughs> it's my new. It's a, that's a shirt for you. There's there's some uh, merch. Moravians, Muhlenbergs, and other shit. It's a uh, it's. I mean, probably about like ten thousand people. Yeah, it's not it's town. not real big. Um, it's only two square miles. Yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty, pretty much dense, it's actually. a suburb of 
excuse me. It's it's pretty much a suburb of Lancaster. Yeah. It's it's like a closet community. People just go work in Lancaster. Because I say bedroom community, not closet community. They're all homosexual. They're all homosexual. All in the closet. It's a it won a um award for. Uh, on the thebudgettraveler.com America's Coolest Small Towns competition. Uh, really? It was the winner, yep. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, that I guess was not my experience when I was there. No so offense, Lynn. I, 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 I guess they, they kind of try to be more of a bohemian area. Love people. Lancaster's pretty hippish. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But, they've um, all seen Rent. Yeah, they've all seen Rent. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a pretty notable thing. They, they yeah, won that. It's good. Um, I'm looking at the notable people, and there really isn't anything notable here. There's a list of five. I'm sorry, a list of like ten people, but nothing's really uh, nobody's jumping off here. Nobody's jumping off the page. Do you know the do you know the band August Burns Red? Oh yeah, they're from there. Yeah, yeah they're, they're from people there. love them. Pickle loves them. That makes they're, sense. They're hip. Oh, they're a metal band. Yeah, um, they're cool. But yeah, no. So that's the town. Um, name isn't really that amusing to me. It doesn't make me think of any sexual uh, things. It's just, it's just a place. It makes me think of lipids. It's just one of those weird lipids, like, lipids. like fats. Like yeah, yeah. 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 It fits in with our little design scheme. Fatty, fatty yeah. boyo. Yep. Fatty boyo. Ah, oh, he touched my wiener. <laughs> that was not, not on purpose. So, so next fatty episode. Boyle. So it, 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 this is important note. We've been talking about a character in England and we're Pennsylvania based podcast. Next episode's the payoff. Yes, of when he gets to. <laughs> We're gonna talk yeah. about but, his life in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and and you have to know all this stuff prior to him getting. Yeah, here there's no way because yeah. it informs who he was when he was here and his experiences mm-hmm. here. Right. Also, it's just fucking interesting. Like, he's oh an yeah, interesting yeah. Dude, I think. Uh, yeah, his house is dope. If y'all get a chance, you should go to the house. It's yeah. got a widow's walk. It does. It was a very important feature. We'll talk about it. Yeah, Tom and I will talk about. It. That was our part of the. Of when we would give tours. We just did the outside. Did you? Yeah. Well, these Pretty are cool. the grounds. This is grass. I think there's Nick one in the distance, but we have to squint. <laughs> we used to play with the kids. I mean, when yeah. at history camp. Yeah, yeah. That was our that was our thing. We were yeah. I mean, I was a little bit of a disciplinarian too. I kids not running around. I was like fourteen. Not running around. You were like barely older though. I don't know. I was like twenty. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll get into, into that in a little more detail, but we have uh, we have um, a little bit more uh, UK based stuff yeah. before we head out, in the, and it's it's a lot a lot of it's more of the downside of, of his experience there. Yeah, a little, little, start to little go sadder, a little sadder, but yeah. But let's uh, let's let's uh, let's hold it off for the next for next week. And um, thank you everyone for listening, though. Yep. Um, this has been Honest Thoughts. This has been Bill. I'm Tom, <laughs> and we've been the Uncommon Podcast. Bye.